Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leverett Ball Show. And on this episode, I am joined by Brandon Clay. And actually, Brandon's worn a number of different hats. Um, <laughs> currently an on-air uh, radio talent for 1017 The Bull in Boston. Um, he's also done some things in the world of professional sports um, as an MC. So, um, you know, Brandon, you do a little bit of everything, country music, sports. You did some emceeing in the, the Boston Celtics minor league system. I mean, how many different talents and interests do you have? <laughs> I don't think I have enough, do I, huh? I guess not. I guess <laughs> not. Um, as far as I know, you haven't ventured into the porno industry. Um, you're sticking to sports and music. Let's hope, let's hope it stays that way, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? I Depending on how much they, they pay, I mean, you never know what, what type of opportunity could be out there. You know, the most random opportunity I, I ever got was uh, yeah. I was asked to be, this was years ago, I was asked to be in a talent pool for people that are considering for the show Real World. No way! Yeah, it, it never actually happened, and I actually withdrew myself from the process because, like, I was doing a bunch of games as a broadcaster, and I wasn't yeah guaranteed to uh you know to make it onto the show if i you know didn't cut myself you know from from the roster um but yeah but i was briefly in a temple i did an audition video and everything but i could see you be on like a reality tv show too i could see that you got the personality for it yeah maybe maybe but you ever see that show the uh the circle i've been on that like the past three weeks oh yeah well i've been watching love is blind um, oh you got hooked on it huh dude they it, it's so funny they um well, actually, it's not funny, but like there's some articles that come out about like the cast being treated in an inhumane way. I don't know if you heard about that. Like, I've kind of read about it like here and there. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, there are a lot of weird things that happen behind the scenes in these like niche professions, whether it's broadcasting, reality TV, sports, Hollywood. It's, That's it's Hollywood for you, too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different world, you know, behind the scenes. You know, if you haven't done it, you have no idea what it's like. But um, <clears throat> but, you know. Uh, we we talked a lot about the different things you've done, but you know you're also a fellow Curry College alum. Leave and, her baby all day. Yeah, I mean Curry is another place you have to go there to to fully understand what it's all about. But how did you end up? You're you're from Mass, unlike me. I'm an out of stater. But how did you end up picking Curry? You know, it's funny. Like a bunch of people that work here at iHeart too, and like really in other media industries, a lot of people came from Curry, which is kind of weird. Like when you and I met, which was a gosh a couple weeks ago now. Uh, it didn't surprise me one bit when you told me you were a broadcaster from Curry, because you think like at this hole in the wall, small school is, you know, popping out these really successful broadcasters. I would have never thought twice about that. But uh, it's funny. I, I went to school. I uh, graduated in 21. I didn't. I transferred to Curry, small school in South Shore, but I went to a school in Boston for a year thinking, OK, like. I was like in high school dating back to this, like the reason why I'm here today is from what I did in high school. I was like, I was that classic popular kid, class president, homecoming king. I was like, the, the camera was always in my face and I loved every second of it. So like a lot of people still think I peaked in high school, probably the case too, to this point. <laughs> but I, uh, when I did, I was like, you know what? Like I want to like do my own show and whether it was on radio, on TV and went to college specifically for that. And I figured why not go to, an incredible city like Boston. Turns out the school didn't really go the way I wanted to. It wasn't like the campus feel, like where, you know, when you and I went to the same school, you know, you want to go where there's a good campus. There's a, there's grass in the quad, you know, where I went to school, our quad was the common in Boston. <laughs> it was are, are you worried about the school suing you? You keep saying the school, I'm guessing it was Emerson. 
It was the uh, the arch enemy arch enemy of Emerson. Which one? Suffolk. Suffolk. Okay, because yep. you keep saying this school. I, I was worried that maybe they made you sign like an NDA when you. Yeah, to... imagine. If, if you're talking, <laughs> no, because I didn't I know. Just... I didn't know Suffolk had a broadcasting program. I knew Emerson did. Yeah, I, listen, school is fine. It just wasn't for me. Like, but uh, Emerson obviously is like the the wheelhouse. Everyone says that like Curry is now like a mini Emerson, which is kind of funny. Which I could see that. And when I transferred there, I fell in love with it immediately. I mean, you get it. I mean, it was like small school vibe. Radio was huge there, and I never once thought. When I graduated, oh gosh, two, oh, how long has it been now? Almost two years now that I'd be where I'm at. And it, I like all of it is because of what I did in college, which is weird. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you get your degree, you go to work. But it's like, you get it. It's all about the grind of what you do during college and the second you graduate. And I've done a lot, like you mentioned, you know, just to kind of get where I'm at today. So it's great. Well, you know, that's another thing we have in common. I went to Curry as a transfer as well. I briefly... I actually went to school in uh, Springfield, Ohio, Wittenberg University. I was what uh, the heck? I didn't know there was a Springfield out there. What's that? Yeah, there's. A, I feel like there's a Springfield in every state, but yeah, um, <laughs> Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio, and um, I was actually recruited there to play baseball. And my freshman year, I dressed for every game and reported hmm. zero zero stats the entire year. So I dressed. Dude, I did in high school too. Let's go. What's that? <laughs> I was the left. I was the left bench of my high school baseball team. But this was this was at, this was at the NCAA level. But uh, you know, at Wittenberg University. But yeah, never touched the field. I was basically like a a fan in a uniform, which was tough because I actually got recruited there to play. Um, yeah, it's tough. So that's then tough. transferred to Curry, and uh, I did actually play on the baseball team my first year at Curry. Yeah, and I played a couple years with the rugby team at the end of my time there. But the way I got into WMLN was because as a transfer student, you lose credits. And it's right. Yeah. They said it was a way I could get extra credit. So that's how I was first introduced to broadcasting was, you know, they're worried I was going to be like a 35th year senior. And like, you know, did you want to go into broadcasting when you transferred? Well, so when I got to college, I had no idea what the hell I want to do with my life. So I wasn't opposed to broadcasting, but I didn't really have a career goal when I got to college. The the big thing for me, like, because college sports are really intense. The big thing for me was like, I want to try to play college baseball. And that's kind of where my head was. And then after that, it's like, okay, if I can't get drafted to play professionally, maybe I'll be a college assistant coach or something of that nature. But, you know, again, you know, doing sports broadcasting, it's at least somewhat of a related field. But but I I don't know how this is for you, but like for me, my career has kind of evolved and, and changed from, you know, when I got to Curry, I did the radio station, then I did some TV stuff with Jerry Gibbs. And they taught me like, the skill set for a traditional broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And I've gone way off the rails from that since I graduated, you know, doing, you know, live games on ESPN plus and Nesson and podcasting, um, you know, and, and I've been in more of like the freelance entrepreneurial space yeah. Yeah, rather than just working at one place full time. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, I guess when you're getting out of Curry and you knew you're going to be a broadcaster, do you see yourself, you know, landing in some of the specific opportunities that you landed in? It's well, uh, when I did, that's the thing. Like, it's all about networking, like you mentioned. And like, it's funny you mentioned that when you got to Curry, your goal was to play college ball. Like that was your thing. And it's, it's very similar in, in uh, ironic how transparent that is for a lot of uh, people that are in this industry too. Also. So I work obviously in country radio, a lot of country artists did the same thing. So like you take um, Sam Hunt, for example, played college football for four years four-year captain was supposed to get drafted i believe 
Turns out he he said, all right, well, I don't want to do this. I don't think he got drafted or whatever. Turned out to go into the, I would say, arts industry. Now it's one of the biggest country artists in the world. So it's crazy how like life like that happens. And again, I think it's just more so all about like networking, like you mentioned, where um, every day I walk into here and I, I'm so like lucky to be here. What I, you know, the fact that I get to do what I do and love it at the same time, I take it for granted every morning I wake up, you know, I, I have an incredible family. I have incredible uh, coworkers. I get to wake up and go to work every day. But, you know, a lot of that comes with like, I, I tell this, it's funny, whenever I go to Curry, I always like as a guest speaker for the new radio uh, director. Now, the biggest thing I'll always say is to like, no matter what happens, if you want to like succeed in anything, unless if you're going to be a doctor, a nurse or a lawyer, you got to, you got to grind, you got to hustle, you got to bust your ass, you know, and say yes to everything. And that's what I did. I said yes to a job in a small market in uh, Southern Maine a couple of years ago. Had I not known that I would have landed here because of that, who knows where I would have been? You know what I mean? And that's because I said, yes, I didn't have an apartment in Maine. I didn't have uh, um, anything. You know, I just I rolled with it. So that was I was so thankful to do that. But had I not done what I did the second I graduated from college, heck, had I not done what I did in high school, there's no way I would have been here because I worked for iHeart, gosh, in college too, 2019 as a part timer. So it's all about like opportunity. And like, I'll always say that to the young kids because it sucks to see, like you see it all the time. Like everyone in this industry, at least that wants to work in sports, in music, like you, you see people want to do it, but you don't see the drive. Like that's so awful to see for like potential talent per se. It sucks to see people not want to put the work in. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are lots of parts of being a broadcaster that are really cool, but there are, you know, I've talked to us, I've talked about this a ton. There are lots of parts of, the lifestyle that suck and are really, really yeah. hard. And I think what separates people in the industry is how well you handle that. And, you know, how well you handle the, the, the hustle and living in random places and working yeah. weird hours and, and other people who don't work in the industry don't, you know, kind of look at you sideways. You know, a lot of people in, in nine to five jobs, they have no idea what the lifestyle is. And they, you know, they tend to look at people sideways, you know, in the broadcasting industry, just because the, the lifestyle is so different, but going back to what you said though, about Sam hunt. Um, yeah. I, I did, I remember reading about reading his story about how he was a, you know, pretty good football player and at the college level hmm. didn't quite make it pro. And it's interesting. A lot of athletes who didn't make it transfer into kind of like niche yeah. professions, whether it's broadcasting, playing music, entrepreneurship yeah i think the, the obsessiveness that you develop as an athlete translates into some of these unusual professions and i, I feel as though as an athlete you know when you walk away from your sport you want to you know do something that gives you a similar rush like oh, like man. tom brady for example i feel like the reason he didn't walk away from football for so long was because just you know being a normal guy a normal person wouldn't give him the same rush you know, just I don't think Tom Brady wants to go and work in a cubicle. So he needs to find that next outlet, you know, for his obsession. And yeah, and it's interesting. Country specifically, there are a lot of former athletes. I mean, Morgan Wallen, his dream was to be a pitcher. He busted his throwing arm and started <laughs> teaching himself how to play the guitar and sing. Yep. It's interesting. Also, I, I was very surprised, like a lot of athletes who <clears throat> play music got into music really late. You know, oh I, I figured most successful ones too. Yeah, and I figured these guys all, you know, sort of playing music as kids. But like, I had actually the guest I had, so 
the most recent guest I had prior to having you on was Bronson Arroyo. You probably remember him, the Red Sox. Oh, my gosh. Bro, great. Yeah, yeah. With the leg, right? Yeah, the, the leg pitch. Exactly. Exactly. He's the <laughs> yeah. one A-Rod slapped the ball out of his hand in the play. That was him? I never knew that. That was Bronson Arroyo. Yeah, I got him to laugh because I told him, I was like, everyone's criticizing A-Rod for slapping the ball out of your glove. But he probably just thought it was the AFC Championship game and he's trying to strip sack you. So I got him. I got him to laugh at that. But Bronson Arroyo now is a professional musician. If you Google him, he's no longer listed as baseball player. He's listed as an American musician. He has a no kidding. Band. What's and he so play? He, Country? He plays rock. Um, wow. And there are a lot of former athletes who are in country now. He plays rock and roll music. But part of why he came on the podcast, we talked some baseball, but was to promote his new album that he just put out. Wow. No um, and yeah, but what I found surprising about him, like he didn't grow up playing music as a kid. He taught himself how to play music when he was in the minor leagues. It was something That's he did crazy. in like hotels. And That's it's, how you learn. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. and yeah, I think maybe some of the obsessiveness that came from baseball, you know, I was able to find a new outlet for that. And I don't think I could have gone from playing a sport at a relatively high level to a cubicle. And I just, I don't know. That would be no matter how much money you make, if I spent all my time in a cubicle, that would just be unfulfilling for me. I don't oh, know. Yeah, no doubt. hundred percent. Just because that's the thing you go in every day and like, you know, that happens to everyone, even like in our industry where it's like, you wake up, you do your thing, you go home, especially like for young, like thriving per professionals that want to work in media or a TV, anything like it's hard. I mean, you, it's a huge transition from college to here. Like that's the thing. That's the other way you have to carry with you is like all the, non-work issues that you have to deal with you got the bills you have to other things that you have to deal with that make people not want to like pursue their dreams which which i hate to see you know and i've been so lucky enough to be put on a platform and have a foundation to not have to worry about that as much but still like that's why i count my blessings every day because some people might not have that to to have to worry about but you know it's it sucks sucks to see so bad i i didn't know bronson royal played rock music i had no idea that's oh funny. yeah yeah he's he's a full-time touring professional musician now so what do you listen to? Do you like country? What do you like? I So people ask me this. I don't have one favorite genre. I listen to okay. everything. I, I listen to some country. Yeah. I listen to classic rock, modern rock. Um, All right. So if you, you know, were to rap. give me your, like, your uh, Mount Rushmore of artists, who would it be? Your, your four. Your top four. I always ask this to country artists all the time. It changes. Well, my, I'd say my favorite country artist. Which country artist? You know who's who I've been listening to lately as far as country guys? Yeah, who you got? We'll start out with that since, you know, you're obviously working at the Bull, but Chris yeah. Lane. Oh, no kidding, huh? Yeah. He's good. He, he has it. Yeah. He's released uh, anything in a minute, too. He's like, he's got to start coming out with stuff. He's incredible. Yeah. So he just had a kid, so maybe he's been spending more time with his family. Maybe that's why he hasn't put out as much. That's got But, um... As far as I don't know, yeah, I like I like to listen to rap music in the morning, like I'm trying to pump myself up for the day. Uh, I hear you. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty pretty wide range of people. I've had some musicians on this podcast. I also had uh, I don't know how much you listen to the band Maroon Five. Dude, they were my band when I was like seven. I Do you remember? That. Okay, so they they switched drummers because like oh, Adam Levine and two of the guitarists and the keyboardist have been there since day one. Now the guitar but, player with the long hair still there, right? That's yeah, um, with James Valentine, James Valentine, yeah, yeah he's bro. still there That's exactly. Funny. But they, when they did their first album or two, they had a different drummer and they switched drummers, okay. And their first drummer was Ryan Dusick, I know that name, yeah. So he actually, yeah, he came on this podcast, he had a pretty amazing story because 
he had nerve damage in his arm wow. and couldn't drum anymore. So they basically had to ask him to leave the band. Wow. Uh, like a mutual partner. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. And like he and Adam Levine were like friends since like they were like, you know, teenagers. Wow. And Adam Levine had to basically kick him out of the band and say like, wow. we can't perform at a high enough level if we keep you around because he has. Did you ask him? Like, I always thought about this, like when listening to Maroon 5, like when I hear Maroon 5, like obviously it's, it sounds very much like a heavy articulated Adam Levine. Like, did you, did you ask him that? Like if he felt overshadowed at all? Cause like, I feel like Adam Levine just is Maroon 5. Well, yeah. Well also Adam Levine. So when the band first got big, like Adam Levine was the lead singer and the lead singer in every band gets more attention. But then Adam Levine became, there was a point in time when he stopped being known as the Maroon 5 singer and started being known as Adam Levine. I think that was mostly through the voice. The voice. Yeah. What and, else? and he basically he became a, an A-list celebrity kind of on his own. Um, and Maroon 5 kind of became, you know, it's like, okay, he's Adam Levine who plays in Maroon 5 rather than the Maroon 5 singer named Adam Levine. But yeah. actually Ryan specifically said that he didn't envy how much attention Adam got because he said that even as the drummer, like when they got really big, yeah. the attention was overwhelming and like yeah. it got exhausting every time he went out in public, people wanted to talk to him. And like yeah. he he said that he told me this story about how he went to a movie theater and he was sitting there waiting for like the trailers to start and they were playing on the loudspeaker in the movie theater Maroon 5 music. And he's like, I can't escape from this. He's like, I'm just so sick of this. And he said that it was even more intense for like Adam Levine, where like Adam Levine, unless he had the energy to, you know, sign 100 autographs, couldn't go to restaurants or do this yeah. or that. So he said, actually, he said that there was nothing he thought that would be fun about being as famous as Adam. I because um, that's what everyone says to like, especially like the content creators, like on TikTok now that everyone's obsessive over, like, which I get it. People always say like, uh, like, oh, it must be great. The, the fame, the fortune, it looks so glam. Like, but at the same time, like, it's kind of a, a lot to deal with. I can imagine. Yeah. Like the biggest TikTokers in the world who, again, are from TikTok are almost, a, are basically A-list celebrities. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's gotten to that point now where yeah. it's like TikTokers, podcasters, YouTubers. Oh my gosh. They're yeah. taking over the world. So it's like, I, it's funny. Like I haven't watched YouTube. Like I'm like big into like watching YouTubers now, weirdly enough. And like, I never watched YouTube. If I did, it was over like a new pair of sneakers that I just bought, or it was like how to install my TV. But now I like watch YouTube and I'm like, dude, this is a whole different platform. It's crazy. It's a different world. I mean, have you had any interest in doing your own content? Cause I know you're, you know, you do traditional radio and MCing. Have you ever had interest in doing your own YouTube channel? Dude, it's, it's so funny. You said that I was at Best Buy this morning, right? Maybe you can inspire me. I was literally looking at this camera. Where the hell is it? And I was like, should I buy it and start vlogging? And I took a picture. I sent it to my girl. I was like, I'm going to buy this. Here it is right here. Let's see if I can get in the zoom camera. I was like, there it is. I was like, I want to buy this camera and start vlogging and TikToking Cause I do a lot of TikTok, which is I love doing that, but I just thought about that. I mean, like, I don't know how much money there is in vlogging, but like that'd be fun as hell to do. Like just my everyday life. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it you know, you see all these people nowadays on TikTok with like the day in the life type of thing. Yeah. I think people, people love seeing the behind the scenes access mm. to, you know, kind of what, what people are doing in, in their day-to-day -day routine. Um, so what do you think as like a, as a, as a, like, let's say you're a consumer, for example, like, would that interest you to see like someone's day in the life? Like let's say of me, I guess I'm, I'm a regular guy anyways, but like, cause I see it all the time. And it like, that's what hooks me is like, I, I watch a lot of like prank videos, which is weird. 
Gideon, you know him. He um huge YouTube guy. If you, the second you we get off the Zoom, you have to watch him. He's hilarious. Um, so it's a lot of like that stuff, but it's I find it, you know, people nowadays, especially our age, you know, I'm 24, kids can't watch a video that's past a minute because their attention span is, is down the drain. Oh yeah. So the fact that I'm watching a 20 minute YouTube video, like the Nelk Boys, which I love, um, there's a guy named Loaf that's hilarious. Like they're 20, 40 minute videos and I'm hooked the entire video. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some people have that, that gift, but you know, what's funny also though, you know, with a lot of TikTokers, like you don't have to be, you know, nowadays you don't have to be a pro athlete or a movie star. They're, they're, you know, corporate people, people in nine to fives who have a massive TikTok following and they just post about their life. I mean, I guess everyone has a platform now, you know, if they know how to use it. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the direction things have gone in. But, you know, and I'm sure you've probably been asked this, you know, more than more than you like. I get asked this all the time. People are always like, what would your you know favorite or dream job be in sports broadcasting? And it's like they're like a list of, you know, jobs you know that I, that I would want. You know, it's yeah. not just yeah. one. But, you know, where do you see yourself? down the road do you see yourself doing more of the live game stuff or the fm radio or i, mean, hopefully really both. Tell? I really like i think the platform i'm on now is it's like boston is a top 10 market which is like it's the funniest thing like where i'm at now i always see this pop up on like tiktok and stuff too like on instagram like it's always like those motivational quotes that you see from like the girl you went to high school with eight years ago and it, i always see it and i think about it all the time um, the quote says, uh, five years ago, you dreamed about where you are today. I think about that all the time. And the fact that I literally am where I dreamed of being five years ago is crazy to me. So the fact that I get to do what I do every day is great. And again, I've only been here, gosh, for four months now. And if you were to place me somewhere in 20 years, let's say 10 years, I my dream is Nashville. I love Nashville. I go there every year. I think I think that's like my second home. Love Boston. I have nothing bad to say about Boston, but like you know, I, I don't see myself like retiring here in the city. At least that's probably looking 40, 50 years out. But I want to eventually be in Nashville. I want to do something, and obviously that's like in sports too. So like the fact that I'm in with the main Celtics is like crazy. They're such good people over there. I will stay there until they kick me out. But of course, if I get a phone call from somewhere else, you know, whether it's who knows, could be the NBA call up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'll do it. You know, and that's the other thing, too. Like you go to all these big games like I was at a playoff game for the Celtics. Gosh, I went to the I went to the Trey Young dagger playoff game. First playoff game ever. And I saw their in-game host who's super, super awesome. And I see it as motivation, like, you know, like. I want to do that. You know, that'd be freaking incredible. Uh, and, you know, that's that's the other thing, too, is like making a name for yourself. Uh, so, like, that's why I'm with the Pirates now, because that's, you know, showcasing like the, the brand that I am, like brand as in brand and play. Like, what can I put to the table? So that's main Celtics I'm seeing. You know, everyone is watching every move you do. And that's with you as well. You know, it's like when I go out on that field to the Mass Pirates, it's like, oh, they see every movement and every word you say, you say one wrong thing, you're done, you know? So it's like, I, I treat it more as if not, I don't treat that more as, as a bad, I say more that, you know, I go out there to put a smile on a kid's face or to go out there and leave a good impression for someone that's whether watching ESPN or 
going out to the DCU center for a night with their family. That's like the goal. And as long as I'm still doing that in 20 years, I guess that's important because again, you and I could be out of a job tomorrow. I think about that every day too. It's like appreciate it while you can, but obviously there's a long-term goal uh, to get, you know, like to take a step even further. There's never a ceiling in broadcasting for sure. You know, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. What you said also about how, you know, five years ago you dreamed of where you are today. What's, what's hard is when you don't have something, you desire it, but then once you have it, it's not as cool anymore. So like <laughs> lots of like, for example, I applied to basically like every college sports team that had an ESPN contract in New England for like three years yep. and just struck out and struck out and struck out. And now I'm and I remember thinking it'd be so cool to do stuff on ESPN someday. And now that I've been doing it for a couple of years, it's just nothing's as cool when you have it. But you have to get out of that mindset and appreciate what you have. Yeah, I hear you. You know, and and a lot of people, they have to lose something to appreciate it, which is sad. Sucks. And it is, you know, there's so much room for growth in broadcasting that, you know, you can always be better. And there's always a higher level and always someone out there doing better than you. So that keeps you hungry. But even though it, it helps drive you to have that mindset, you still have to be able to appreciate, you know, what you've done and and what you have. Uh-huh. You compare it to like five years ago, like for this industry, like look at the platforms that we have now. Like we didn't have TikTok five years ago. We didn't have Instagram reels. We didn't have, geez, I mean, Twitter isn't really that much of a thing anyways, but we didn't have like these, what we have for the past two or three years, we would have ever imagined to have now. And it's like, everything's a competition now too, where it's like, who's the better content creator? Who has more followers? And like, that's tough because that kind of ruins the quality of, uh, you know, everything in the media industry. Look at, look at the whole thing with AI now. Like, that's kind of freaky too, bro. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, definitely using social media was was huge for me. Definitely, you know, as far as networking, um, getting podcast guests. I mean, most of the pro athletes I've had on this podcast, I just get through, through DMs. Um, yeah. You know, when I interviewed Michael Strahan... That was set up through a contact, but that was set up through a contact that I got in touch with on Instagram. Uh, And it's definitely, it's definitely a loophole. The other, you know, the other, uh, probably the most famous podcast interviews I've ever done. One of them was Michael Strahan. The other was Coolio. Um, I know Coolio. Gangster's Paradise. Oh, yeah, no way. He's actually sadly passed away since then. And this was only about a year ago. What? Yeah, Coolio. He passed away not long after he came on the podcast. Hello. Um, but he did. He it was pretty cool. When we had him on. He did a uh, a freestyle rap uh, <laughs> on the podcast. If that's what you want from me, you ain't getting that tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. Free, well, I was figuring you would sing a, a country song for everyone. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, I'll get my I don't know. Song. Do you ever? So you you mentioned you know you're you're wifed up these days, but I wonder like. For someone who, you know, is knows country music well, like if you're trying to talk to a girl at a bar, if you just like instead of walking up and like using a corny line, you just walk up with a guitar and start like like I'll bet like Chris Lane or like yeah. or who's or who are we just talking about? Or Sam Hunt. I yeah, I mean that's what a lot of Sam Hunt's songs are about. But like I can picture Sam Hunt just going up with a guitar to a woman at a bar and just strumming away and singing her a song. <laughs> And, and there you go. You get a wife right then and there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, yeah. I feel like that's such a loophole. Oh yeah. my God. That's funny. I, I, I've been playing. I haven't played guitar in a minute. I played for 12 years before that. 
And like, again, back in high school, like I was like, I was like the freaking Zac Efron of like high school. <laughs> like I played the guitar, but I was like on the sports teams and stuff like that. And it's funny because like with music, like everyone knows music. Everyone knows the song to Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. You know, you it's like, I remember one party I went to and gosh, this was before I'm, ha- I was happily in love now. <laughs> well, well before to preface, I was at a party and uh what the hell was it It was in worcester i believe and it was like the craziest party i went there and we partied till like 6 a.m i never do that like i'm an old man now i party till like 11 and i'll be in bed in three hours it's seven o'clock now i'll be in bed in two hours after this we're partying with all these like older like kids from wheelock college which doesn't even exist anymore like remember that college (laughs) yes um so we lock in newbury i think both of them no longer exist newbury's gone mount ida's gone mount dude all of the dude but i as long as curry college doesn't get buried don't even can't even speak into existence bro Blue although Curry. i heard at one point there was a rumor that they wanted to change the name to blue hills university where'd you hear that from i forget but if someone said that bro i was telling my buddies that from lester they're like it's not gonna happen like it's not happen. thank you i i heard the same thing but everyone was like, bro, you're making that up. I'm like, dude, I, like, where would I make up Blue Hill University? Thank you. Like, everyone thought, you know, that show. Um, I don't remember where I heard that, but someone said, but obviously it's by Blue Hills Reservation, but I don't remember who yeah. told me that. Dude, that's mad funny, bro. Well, well, the other funny thing about Curry, when I transferred out of Wittenberg University, yeah. like, I transferred my sophomore year in like the middle of the year. Oh, wow. But it was, it was kind of awkward the way it all went down because I, Made made the decision official to transfer to Curry during like Christmas break, my sophomore year. So I was already scheduled to move back into the dorms at Wittenberg yeah, by yeah. spring semester. Yeah, and so <laughs> I ended up the Wittenberg semester started like a week and a half. Yeah, or the Curry semester, and my like residence hall people thought I still went to school there. So I I went to Wittenberg and like hung out in the dorms and partied for like a week and a half, and then flew yeah. to Curry. But I but like. I remember telling a couple of my buddies on my floor, they were like, why the fuck are you leaving? Like, yeah. give me all this shit about transferring. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. where are you going? And <laughs> I was like, Curry College. And Curry I remember, College. I'll never forget, I don't know if you know Chris Banjo, the uh, the Green Bay Packers player. Oh, I know. Okay, I know the name. His I thought you were saying like an RA from Curry or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. So Chris Banjo, the Packers player, his younger yeah. brother, uh, Victor Banjo, played football at Wittenberg. Okay. And lived in my residence hall. And I'll never yeah. forget, Victor Banjo said to me, where are you even going if you're transferring? And I yeah. said, Curry College. And he was like, yeah. what the fuck? You mean like the Indian food? So, <laughs> what? so what? yeah, but um, yeah, but they should stick with the name. Don't don't call it Blue Hills University. I can't believe that someone else said that to you because all my friends are like, bro, they think Blue Hill University is going to be like the uh, the Coors Light can with like the little mountain on it because it's blue. I'm like, yeah. dude. Why not? I would I would like that. I, that'd be kind of dope. Yeah, Curry's Curry though. It, it Curry. It's a small school, and it's definitely not as famous as some of the schools in the Boston area, obviously. But there's a lot of opportunity there. I think it's what you make of it. Oh and yeah. There, yeah, and there are some kids who go there and and you know act like they don't want to be there, but there are opportunities there if you make the most of it. What you make of it too? It's the funniest thing too. Like because you go to when I transferred there, like everything was there, you know, you didn't have to leave where other schools, at least in our conference. So you, you play ball at Curry. Is that right? You play baseball. My first year I played baseball there. Yeah. So like a bu- it's the funniest thing. A bunch of my other buddies I grew up with that I kind of talked to now, they literally went to every other college in the conference, Nichols, Salve, Roger Williams, um, 
the hell's the other one? What the um, what's the big one? The big one, Gordon College, which we had a kid from Maine, or not a kid, we had a, a guy from Maine played for uh for Gordon College. Now he's on the Maine Celtics. Um, that's unusual. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he's still on the roster now. He's he's a baller, he's incredible. Uh yeah, I get D, he led D3 in scoring behind a kid from Nichols College, and now he plays in the G League for the Maine Celtics. It's pretty dope. Wow. So, Hey, D3 kids, we, we're all yeah. about it. You know how well, big. Did you meet Dave Griffin when you were at Curry? Dude, me and Dave are like, we always talk. <laughs> yeah, so Dave Dave Griffin, um, he actually just, he's in like AAA for the Mets now. Yeah, he, was, he was in Portland for the Sea Dogs game because he was pitching. He pitched yeah. in Portland a few weeks ago. I was like, bro, like, I used to live there. I should have came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was that that goalie from the Curry hockey team who got an NHL opportunity. Yeah, Reed Cooper is his name. Just one male athlete of the year. Again, Curry rep, bro. Like he was, yeah. he got he was on his couch, I think, and he got a phone call from the Washington Capitals. Hey, yeah. you're gonna come down and play for a what? Are you kidding me? Twenty something years old gets a call from the Wash. Played literally passed with Ovechkin. It looked like on a picture on Twitter. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. So yeah. I don't get how that happens. Like, do you know how that happens? Like, they just call like. Not Curry's random. Well, it's because he's a goalie. It's the same way, like, because they, they're, they're all those stories about, like, the emergency goaltenders in yeah. the NHL who, like, you know, three days beforehand were working at their insurance job and then got asked to go play goalie in the NHL. What like, basketball player just did that? Um, he played for the Celtics. Matt Ryan, I believe, right? Remember him? I'm what not sure. Stowski's maybe one of the guys who's like an insurance guy. He was like, oh, I'm going to quit. And he got called yeah. up to the Celtics. Last yeah, season. Yeah, He's yeah. on the finals last year. That happens all the time though. So is that what happened? It must've happened to, I don't get it though. So like, you must know because like out of all schools, like love Curry, I wouldn't say nothing bad about it, but like out of all schools, out of all teams, how does yeah. that happen? I mean, it, it's fluky like that. I could see also it with like certain like niche specialized positions Mm. Being more likely for a random kid from a D3 school to make it. Like, I could see, like, Curry having a really good kicker, you know. <laughs> like a red, we did have a good kicker a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I could see that happening. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it's wild. Like, I mean, broadcasting is like that also where someone out of nowhere will get an insane opportunity. Oh, it happens all the time. It's like, so, that's in radio, too. Same thing, like. People that have zero radio experience, but if they're decent on TikTok, they're probably going to job in radio. You know? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, I mean, but, uh, that's funny though. I, I was thinking about that. I can't believe that. So, who knows? I mean, it's a crazy world now. Let me tell you, it, it really is. It really is. But um, you know, for anyone, you know, before we before we wrap things up, for anyone listening, you know, who's a, a big um, Brandon Clay fan, you know, whether they're <laughs> you know listening to you on the radio or they're yeah. like. You know, I don't know that guy's name, but the MC for the Mass Pirates is a smoke show. For anyone who wants to <laughs> keep up with the Brandon Clay show, um, you know, where can people find you on social media? When are you on the air? When do you have your MC gigs? Where can any Brandon Clay stalkers find you? <laughs> I have a couple of them so far. It's kind of weird. It's tough. Do you actually, though? Yeah, I got to deal with like a couple. Of, that's just from like everything from like working in radio to sports because people know the voice now yeah so like i posted on tiktok a few gosh it was a tiktok of me at a bar in boston interviewing someone for the radio station and it was like a couple parents and i was like oh like he won tickets to brett young congratulations i get a comment from user 1569 you know how it'd be on tiktok oh my gosh you're the guy from the main celtics bro what how do you know that like are you kidding me 
Dude, my weirdest, my two weirdest moments in regards to that. So one of my, I did a lot of like unimpressive gigs when I was first trying to get into broadcasting. So <laughs> for a little while, I was the play-by-play announcer for MIT Women's Basketball, which That's like- That's a good gig though. Well, MIT is a great academic school. Yeah. But they're division three in sports and they didn't have a TV contract. They were on like Facebook Live. So oh, like really? six people watched per game. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, but But I'll never forget- there was this girl on the team whose family lived in like Minnesota. Okay. So they always would watch the broadcast because they couldn't usually come to the games in person. But then I guess yeah. for like her senior game, her family flew to flew to Cambridge yeah. for her senior day game. And they yeah. watched every one of her games on the like Facebook live stream. Wow. And her brother came over to the broadcast booth and said, Are you Leverett Ball? <laughs> and I was like, You, you don't expect to have a fan at a, when you're doing division three basketball on facebook live yeah, yeah, he's, like, I heard you. he's like i've heard but but like at that level of broadcasting they don't have like an on-camera open so they have no idea what you look like so he's like well that's the name of the guy who does the games there's someone sitting in the broadcast booth yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. over you know the, the security for division three basketball broadcasters is limited like pretty light someone could have come over and slit my throat at any point like it was <laughs> Very easy to get into the broadcast booth, but he comes in the broadcast booth and says, are you Leverett Ball at a Division Three basketball game? I was dumbfounded. <laughs> there was another guy who didn't specifically stalk me, but for whatever reason, followed a bunch of people who I follow on Instagram. Oh, And okay. he kept requesting... Like my ex-girlfriend who I was dating at the time, yeah. her Instagram was on private and he kept requesting her to follow her and she kept declining and he requested to follow her like five times. And you don't even get a notification if you get declined either. Yeah, but it was like, but like this dude didn't even like stalk me. He just stalked like people I knew. I've never seen anything like that. Oh, bro, that's but, so uh, weird, bro. But anyway, since we're talking about all the uncomfortable things with stalkers out there, so where can your stalkers find you on the radio on social media if anyone wants to kill you you know <laughs> where can everyone find you where can your fans find brandon clay literally anywhere and everywhere uh iHeartRadio, literally worldwide you can listen to the bull 1017 uh it's actually 1017 the bull two to seven every weekday full-time job if you want to win country tickets don't instagram dm me because i get that a lot too uh all the time. People always ask you for, for tickets. Oh my gosh. We posted a giveaway. It was, it was, I don't even think it was a giveaway. It was like, I reposted a picture of this guy named Zach Bryan, who by the time this podcast is out, he's at the DC side this year. And uh big show this year. It's probably the show of the year is a Zach Bryan concert. I've gotten no less. I'm not like, I usually over-exaggerate because you know me, Radio Brandon, I've had 50, at least 50 Instagram DMs about Zach Bryan tickets. I'm not even lying about that. I guess these are these are fans because like for me as a as a broadcaster, I would like for me personally as a broadcaster, like if I met another broadcaster, I would care more about networking than asking for something like. Oh, absolutely. Can you give me a selfie with like one of the main Celtics players? Like (laughs) It's the funniest thing. Like, yeah, that would happen too all the time, which like, well, I wouldn't. It's the funniest thing. I wouldn't even have time to watch the main Celtics games. And that's for any sport. You're like, do you watch the Pirate games at all? Like, well, you have to, I guess. But like, yeah. I don't sell these games because I don't have time because I'm running a million miles an when hour. When you're MCing, you don't get to watch, yeah. So, so sometimes you do, and they, that's when they always end up losing. But like, you're setting up this promo, you're ready to interview coach. Like, but for at least in Worcester, you have to watch it. I feel like to know yeah. the stats, you got to know the vibe of the game. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to. I, I'd be screwed. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely yeah. I mean, the, the Pirates games, I have a lot of downtime in between interviews, so that's, that's nice. And I just get to hang out in the bench area, um, you know. And yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, and you know, play by play announcing, you're watching and announcing at the same time. It's still not the same thing as sitting back and watching a game because you're relaxed if you're watching a game on your couch. You know, yeah, no, it's so different. Yeah. When you're doing have you ever the called the game from like your house before, you must have. I've never done a remote play by play. It's fortunately things have never I feel like that wouldn't be as much fun. Like no, be lame. doing it's a Zoom good. podcast interview doesn't bother me at all, but like yeah. calling a game remotely would be kind of a buzzkill. I feel like there'd be a delay. I feel like it's you're not part of the game, you don't hear it. Like you want to hear the crowd and stuff, you know? Yeah. No, I announced I, I announced for a um BU softball game a few weeks ago. They just asked me to fill in. That was PA, and that was different from MCing, obviously. And that's the thing; like, that's kind of the same wheelhouse where people broadcast from another tent. They did it from home. If anyone did anything, it would be weird, you know. Yeah. So, but um, so yeah, stalkers. Back to the stalkers. You find me on one hundred and seven The Bull every day. Uh, every Instagram is I am Brandon Clay. That's with a C. Everyone, everyone says Brandon with an I. Which I have you ever heard anyone's name Brandon with an I? No. no, no, it's Brandon with an O uh, and then C-L-A-Y. I always get Clay Thompson all the time. I'm like, nope, that's a different Clay. It's C-L-A-Y. Um, and then you can catch me on TikTok. It's a big thing now. We're pushing big on the TikTok. And that is Brandon Clay 98, I believe. We just posted a, a funny video about the Bruins losing the playoffs. So now we're hunting for a guy to, oh, shoot, one of my TikToks just went viral. Hold up. <laughs> Oh, dang. Uh, not really viral, but last time I checked, I'm at 1,900 likes. Oh, it's funny. I thought I was going to get a live reaction to me flipping out. My TikTok went viral of an artist interview, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, um, yeah, I guess you didn't list your home address, though, so I don't think oh, it's a murder. You didn't, you didn't I just moved, too. If you Listen, we got good ice cream in the North Shore up here. Come uh, on over. I mean, they'll be able to DM you and ask you for tickets, but uh, no one will be able to kill you unless we ask for your home address on the podcast. But, uh, you know, once again, everyone, that is Brandon Clay. Don't forget to listen to him on the radio. Check him out at, at his MC gigs. DM him, ask for tickets. Bother him. Make his life uncomfortable. I'm Leverett Ball. You guys know where to find me on Insta um, and all my all my ex-girlfriends as well. Uh, all well, no, this only happened with one ex-girlfriend. Only one ex-girlfriend. I Again, this one specific dude followed a bunch of people I follow. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, um, I thought you got like a starting five, like Golden State Warriors for an ex or something. I yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, this is an ex I broke up with like three years ago. Maybe she's dating that guy now. Who knows? So true. That'd be a, that's, a, that's a book right there. That's a novel story. Imagine. It's like, how did you, how did you guys meet? Well. But uh, yeah, but uh, everyone, once again, that is Brandon Clay. I'm Lever Ball. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Lever, man. Appreciate you. Cool.